0: Tonight on Huckabee, Wharton Klein is standing tall against violence toward Jews. Jackie Gingrich, Cushman wants to mend our broken America, and Top Forty legend Tommy James performs. That's Drake Corley in the Music City Connection, and I'm your.
1: Oh, thank you very much. Happy New Year, everybody. Our very first show of the year 2020. And it's going to be a great year because it's going to be a great night tonight. You've tuned in on a wonderful, wonderful evening to join the Huckabee Show. Hey, and before the year is out, come on. Come see us near Nashville in Hendersonville, Tennessee at this beautiful theater. Lots of nice people. And you get to see a taping in person. And you know the best part of the whole thing? The tickets are free, yeah, tell me where you can get a free ticket in Nashville to anything, right here. And it's worth every bit of what you pay, I'll tell you. No, it actually is a lot of fun. Well, a little uh, unfortunate news, last Sunday in a suburb of Fort Worth, a man with a shotgun opened fire on members of the congregation of the White Settlement Church of Christ. An usher who was serving communion was killed, as was a member of the church security team who sought to intervene. The head of the church security team, a highly trained firearms instructor named Jack Wilson, drew his weapon and fired a single shot from 50 feet away at the moving target of the killer and took him down with a headshot. Total, He saved a lot of lives Well, the total time from the moment the first shot was fired until the intervention by Jack Wilson, six seconds. Now, had that church and several of its members not been prepared, there would have likely been multiple victims. I will not utter the name of the murderer. I never name mass shooters, because I don't want them ever to become famous. I never want to give evil people the notoriety they seek, but I do want to mention the name of the heroic volunteer security guard. And I will also mention the innocent victims, Anton Tony Wallace, who was serving communion, and Richard White, who first tried to intervene. It's heartbreaking that churches even have to have armed guards, but it's more heartbreaking when they don't, and dozens die. Look, I know gun control advocates contend guns do the killing but the machete that was used in an attack on a jewish hanukkah service last week was proof that it's not guns it's irrational hate and evil that's behind such mayhem in the texas church shooting in that texas church shooting the shot that ended the killer was one that even seasoned trained shooters marvel at and his quick reaction ended the entire episode, as I said, in six seconds. It would likely have taken six to 12 minutes had members of the church been forced to just sit still and be systematically slaughtered, waiting for the police officers to arrive. Now, after this happened, I appeared on Fox News and mentioned that when politicians say they can fix such societal sins, they fail to recognize the root cause. Horrific mass murders aren't not about politics, be it left or right. It's not about Democrat or Republican, liberal or conservatives. It's not horizontal at all. It's a vertical issue. It's not left or right, it's up or down. It's about whether we live by God's standards or by our own man-made and selfish standards. And what we have now is a culture that has denied God's very existence as well as his right to make the rules that we live by. We've created a society in which, like it was in the time of the judges in the Bible, every man does what is right in his own eyes. We've rejected moral absolutes for how we think, how we feel, how we believe. And our various institutions, including our education system, routinely deny the existence of moral absolutes in a world where we never want to say something is just simply wrong or evil. Well, politically incorrect though it may be, sin is real. It destroys. It's not about anybody's politics. It's whether we live by God's rules or by our own rules. And when as a culture we kill a million babies a year, deny that God created male and female, when we show contempt for the police officers in our city by cursing them or throwing liquids on them, We create a little piece of hell right here on earth. I was proudly, well, maybe I should say I wasn't proudly, I was profoundly scorned and I got ridiculed for saying what I did about our culture. But I'm gonna keep saying it anyway. Because when we deny that there's a God, then the only rules that we have left to live by are our own personal rules that we make up. When I play the guitar, I can't play a song until I tune the guitar. And I don't care, no matter how well one plays, an untuned instrument will not make music, just noise. And an instrument isn't tuned to how I feel. It's tuned to a fixed and rigid standard. And when our culture isn't tuned to a fixed standard of what's right and wrong by God's rules, we can't make music, just noise and chaos. I wanna be very clear, no politician is big enough or smart enough to fix this. And if one says he or she can, then he or she is lying. We are a nation in need of God, not just more government. And government will always be a lousy God. 2019 saw an alarming rise in attacks on people of faith. Most recently, a shooting at a Texas church but a rash of anti-Semitic attacks in New York that appear to be continuing in the new year. My first guest tonight is the national president of the Zionist Organization of America. And he's calling for strong action to stop the violence before it gets even worse. Please welcome to the show, my friend, Mort Klein. Mort, delighted to have you here. I wanna get right into it because uh, 60% of all of the religious hate crimes in America are leveled against Jewish people. Why is there such, a, a, just an epidemic of anti-Semitism? Well, of course, it's not, this is an old
2: story. There's been anti-Semitism for thousands of years. It's quite irrational and uh, really almost impossible to explain, but I will say uh, one of the motivations, I believe, for the increase in anti-Semitic attacks in the last uh, few months and even few years, I think, is because public anti-Semites are not being condemned and repudiated, especially in Congress, when you have Congress people like Ilan Omar uh, uh, calling Israel the Jewish state the apartheid state, saying Israel is evil, that Jewish money is what determines elections, when Congresswoman Tlaib uh, calls Israel a racist state and says she gets a calming feeling uh, when she thinks of the Holocaust, an AOC from Queens uh, calls for Arabs to riot against Israel openly, praises the anti-Semite Corbyn, and says that Israel's committing massacres, which, of course, they're not. Not only have the Democrats not condemned these Congresswomen, but they have defended them, saying they're not anti-Semitic, and they've refused to call them out publicly. It's very important, frankly, that African-American leaders, as well as all other religious leaders, call these people out. I mention African-American leaders because every attack against Jews in New York and Muncie and Jersey City have been committed by an African-American. Now, of course, this doesn't impugn the entire
1: African-American community. This is a small group. That's really a surprise to me because so many African-American people are strong Christian believers who are supportive of Israel. These are clearly not of of that particular mindset. Uh, Is it because they're being influenced by the Ilhan Omars and the uh, uh, Talibs of the world who get such publicity for their anti-Israel, anti-Semitic statements? Do you think that's what's driving it? Yes, Tlaib Omar, Linda Sarsour, a Muslim
2: activist, have, are promoting what's called intersectionality. They're telling blacks that Muslims and blacks have the same enemy, the Jews. And, of course, you have Louis Farrakhan, uh, who's had meetings with uh, President Obama, who's had meetings with many members of the Black Caucus. Uh, you have black professors, like Mark Lamont Hill, uh, saying that Jews are poisoning the wells uh, of, of the Arabs. <laughs> So, you have many African-Americans making horrific statements against Jews, and you do not have African-American leaders calling them out. Uh, I want to hear stronger statements from black members of of, of Congress, from black preachers and ministers, uh, from black leaders, from black celebrities, that this is unacceptable, this is intolerable, intolerable, and this is really an outrage. And now, by the way, I'm wearing a yarmulke, because Jews are now afraid to walk the streets with anything that looks Jewish, like the yarmulke I'm wearing. They're afraid to have Jewish stars or Jewish mezuzahs. Uh, They're afraid of being attacked. They're now wearing hats instead of yarmulkes. And by the way, I want to make an important quote by Paul Johnson, a very famous historian, who wrote a book called The History of the Jews. He said, one of the principal lessons of Jewish history has been that repeated verbal slanders are sooner or later followed by violent physical deeds against the Jews, and a fusion of Jewish blood follows verbal slanders. We need to have Tlaib, Omar, and AOC thrown off of every committee in Congress so to make it clear there is a consequence to their bigotry, to their racism, to their anti-Semitism.
1: Mark, there was a time when Democrats and Republicans were equal in their support of Israel, in their intolerance of anti-Semitic behavior and anti-Semitic actions. Uh, and, and, and frankly, I think there were times when the Democrats were much stronger than Republicans when it came to defense of Israel and uh, to their uh, outrage over anti-Semitic comments. That has changed. How come?
2: One of the factors is that there's been a great influence by, by a small group of anti-Semitic African-Americans who are very important to votes in the, in the, in the Democratic Party, and also a growing group of um, American Muslims who are very hostile to Jews and the Jewish state, who are becoming more and more influential in the Democratic Party. I think that is a, a principal factor, because I know even very strongly pro-Israel, pro-Jewish members of Congress are afraid to call these people out, uh, these anti-Semites out, afraid that this may uh,
1: cause them problems. New York Mayor uh, Bill de Blasio, as well as uh, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, both of have- made very strong statements saying that the attacks on Jews and uh, their state were despicable.
2: Look, I'm glad he made those statements, but he hasn't called out, you know, the people who are perpetrating these crimes. I'm glad he's putting more police in the Jewish areas of uh, Brooklyn and, and elsewhere. But de Blasio has publicly blamed Donald Trump for this increase in anti-Semitic attacks. This is ridiculous. Donald Trump has been the most pro-Israel, pro-Jewish president we have ever had. Only last week he signed an executive order to help uh, uh, to be able to file uh, suits and complaints against universities for the anti-Semitism you have on campuses, led by the Students for Justice in Palestine, SJP, which has rallies throughout the country, paid for by student fees, where they publicly call for Jews to get off their campus and even to massacre the Zionists and such language, when we've asked uh, the heads of universities, ZOA has, Zionist Organization of America, to condemn these and throw them uh, off, uh, to not be permitted to be a club at the university. There has not been a single president of a university who has agreed to do this. And, and this is a serious problem. We need more Jewish leaders and Christian leaders making these demands. So uh, the, the, the academy, the leaders in the academy won't be able to ignore this any longer.
1: Morton Klein, thank you very much for joining me. I wanna say to our audience, if you'd like to learn more about Morton Klein and the work of Zionist Organization of America, an outstanding group, uh, you can find out what they're doing to protect the lives and rights of Jewish people, but frankly, all of the people in our country as well as in Israel. Visit their website, zoa.org. You can also follow Morton Klein on Twitter at Morton A. Klein, seven, Morton A. Klein, seven. Now, if you'd like to hear my take on presidential primary candidate Pete Buttigieg's misunderstanding of our founding fathers, as well as answers to your viewer questions on the news, why don't you join me for facts of the matter right after the show on Huckabee.tv. Keith Bilbrey, why don't you clue us in on what's coming up in this incredible lineup of guests that we've got Incredible is a
0: good word. Coming up, Jackie Gingrich Cushman says it's time to mend our nation. Then comedic director Michael Rossman. And later, rock and roll's Tommy James lives on in music and facing down the mob. It's all tonight on Huckabee. Gorka's treatment plan for impeachment insanity and country star John Rich celebrates
1: life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. My next guest is Newt Gingrich's daughter, but she's built an incredible career of her own as a columnist, author, and political advisor. A daughter outshining her p- politician dad? <laughs> but it's unheard of. But I digress. (laughs) Well, her new book, it's called Our Broken America. Would you please welcome Jackie Gingrich Cushman? Jackie, welcome. Good to have you with
3: us. Thank you.
1: I I think so many of us here would say, yeah, there's a lot about America that's broken. The lack of civility, you talk about that so much in the book, Our Broken America. Can it be fixed?
4: Well, I think it can be fixed. Uh, I really appreciate your segment earlier talking about that it can't be done by government. The government can't solve things. So what I talk about in our broken America, why both sides need to stop ranting and start listening is it can only be done in community. It can only be done in working problems in our local community and learning to really listen to each other. Not always agree, right? I mean, I'm not saying always, you know, acquiesce or give in to the other side. My point is if we don't listen and we don't understand where they're coming from, we can't make progress together. And that's what this nation is all about.
1: Right now, it doesn't look like Washington is capable, or willing, mm-hmm. for people to even bend a little bit and say, let's look at the problems and not just point fingers and try to make sure the other side can't win. That's what I'm worried about. Can that somehow change?
4: I think it has to change. And I've been talking a lot about, um, one of the quotes that I love from Margaret Thatcher is first you have to win the argument before you win the vote. Hmm. And I think, unfortunately, today, on both sides, all too often, they try to win the vote without winning the argument. And the only way you really win the argument is to listen enough to understand what the other side believes and then think about how to communicate to them. Right now, we're all into this, you know, how can we blame somebody else, right? So we're in this blame America first category. And I think we have to really step back and learn how to listen and how to win the argument.
1: I was shocked this week when the president of the United States, Donald Trump, ordered the uh, taking out of the uh, Iranian military official, responsible personally for over 608 American deaths. And Jackie, to my knowledge, not one single person from the left, not one Democrat in Congress, applauded the president for having done that. They all questioned And even the ones who said, well, it was a good thing that happened, but the wrong person did it. I don't even know what that's supposed to mean. (laughs) How do we fix that?
4: (laughs) Well, I think, and I talk about this in Our Broken America. I think part of it is we reorient ourselves, and that's what we're doing here on on your show, is who do we listen to, right? Where does our news come from? And I think a lot of that's been exposed over the last few years, right? So we really think now about who, who who we listen to and where we get our news from. I think secondarily, when you see someone, no matter what happens, that they're always partisan, you begin to no longer listen to them, right? So you know what their answer is going to be before it happens. So you begin to look to other people. I know that we can come together as a nation. I think it's going to take a lot of work. I don't think it's going to happen in Washington, but it can happen in Nashville. It can happen in Atlanta, Georgia. It can happen in thousands of communities around our country, but it has to happen person to person.
1: I I would love to see Washington functional. I, I, I get it that it's going to be strong, sharp differences. There always has been. There always will be. Um, But the polarization is so intense. And I know that's what you focus on in the book, Our Broken America. I want to believe that our broken American can become a rebuilt America. What would be two or three things that you believe would put us on the road to getting this country back, to being a great country again?
4: So the first thing I say is, is go find someone of the opposite party and just have lunch with them. And take just, them to Waffle House. Exactly, That's where take them to Waffle House. <laughs> <and> Chick-fil-whatever, <laughs> wherever you're gonna go, take them to lunch <laughs> somewhere and just learn about them as a person to understand that they're really not so terrible after all. Um, the second thing I would say to do is to really think about where you get your news. I mean, hmm. you know very well, if you, you, know, you have a Democrat living in New England, right, watching MSNBC and someone living in Mississippi, Republican living in Mississippi watching Fox News, there's no wonder that their two worlds never intersect because they're living in two different universes. So be very careful about where you get your news. And, second, and the third thing is to really, you know, we live in the best country in the world. Yeah, we it's, do. It's the most... So I talk, we right? Do. We do. It's, we it's do. an incredible country. It's unbelievable. So I talk a lot about really transforming and look at with gratitude at what we have. And yes, we have to argue with the other side... But I feel blessed that I get to argue the other side because my argument gets better, and then I'm gonna win the argument, and then we can win the vote. So part of it is thinking about how can we be grateful we live here? And if you wanna live somewhere where you don't have your own opinion, you can't disagree with someone, there are lots of places like China and Russia, right? Where you can go and do that. But here in America, we're so blessed, enjoy the arguments, be grateful that you live here, and hone your argument so you can win it again and again.
1: This is impressive, The Forward, (laughs) written by Newt Gingrich. I'm curious, (laughs) how on earth did you convince Newt Gingrich to write The Forward to your book? That's impressive.
4: Thank you. Well, it does help being his daughter. (laughs) But I'll tell you, the the honest is, um, obviously, he's a very busy man. And I did offer to him, I said, I'll draft it if you want. I'll, I'll make it easy for you. And he said, no, no, I'm going to do it myself. He, he wrote it himself. It's actually, it's a very good forward. Uh, and if you'd like, I can hook him up, see if you can get him on your show. Just We've you. been
1: working on that for a long time. So Jackie, <laughs> would you please tell him? I we want that for him. for you, to,
4: absolutely. We'd love
1: to have him. Thank you very much Thank for you. being here. The book is Our Broken America. You can read my guest columns, find all of her books as well as schedule her to speak at your group. You can do that by going to JackieCushman.com. It's there on your screen. Also visit StopRantingStartListening.com and be sure to follow her on social media. Keith Bilbrey, I'm gonna stop ranting now and I'm gonna maybe just listen, listen to you tell us about what's coming up on the show.
0: Well, up next, juggling funny man, Michael Rossman. Music legend, Tommy James performs. Lenya Heitzig, healing work with child victims of terrorism. There's lots more on the way on Huckabee. Go to mikehuckabee.com and sign up for his free newsletter and follow at
1: govmikehuckabee on Twitter. Welcome back. Well, I thought I had a lot of things to juggle every day, but I never had to juggle flaming torches, a bowling ball, and a blender. But my next guest is an award-winning comedy juggler who has entertained audiences all over the world. I want you to welcome the amazing Michael Rossman.
5: Thank you. Thank you very much. What I'd like to do is start off my portion by jumping up on this board, on this cylinder, on this table. I'm going to juggle these three knives. Now, before I do this, I do want to take a moment and prove to you that these knives are, in fact, sharp. Okay, normally there's some type of audience reaction. Thank you. I'll tell you what. I'm going to divide you guys into three sections, okay? Not like that. You folks over here, you're going to be the ooh section. Each time this knife hits the wood, I want to hear real loud ooh. You folks in the center, you're going to be the ah section. Each time this knife hits the wood, yeah. And guess who finally mastered the finger flourish? You folks over here, you're going to be the whoa section. Each time this knife is, Sorry. All right, you folks are first. Are you ready? And... Good. Good. Very good. Now I'm going to make this a wee bit harder for you. I'm going to mix up the knives. Okay. Now who's first? Never mind. Okay, folks. As promised, I'm going to start by jumping up on the board, on the cylinder, on the table. I'm going to juggle the knives. There are two ways that I can begin this trick. The first way involves me carefully holding onto the board with both hands and then stepping one foot at a time until I have myself balanced. Is method number one the easy, wimpy, boring way? Method number two involves me letting go of the board, jumping up high into the air, and then landing, both feet balanced at exactly the same time. It's exciting, it's dangerous, it's method number two, the exciting, dangerous way. And I want you folks to take a moment and guess which way you think I'll be starting this trick. Right, the easy, wimpy, boring way. i tell you what, we'll let you guys decide by voting which way I should do this. Raise your hands if you want me to do this the slow, boring, easy way. Okay, raise your hands if you want me to do the exciting, manly, dangerous way. It's a tie. Okay, here we go, folks. I'm gonna do the exciting, manly, dangerous way. The moment I'm myself balanced, I wanna hear a nice, polite round of applause. Everybody counting and then clapping together on three. Are you ready? And one, two, three. Don't rush me, don't rush me. That's three. And now, for my first trick, I'd like to stand up. (laughs) Oh no, my shoe's untied. (laughs) That's right folks, safety third. And now, ladies and gentlemen, I spent over two years of my life learning this trick, and you don't even care. (laughs) No, 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 no. I didn't come here for sympathy applause. I thought you'd like that. Clap for it. I was wrong. Does anybody out there think they'd clap for this trick? You guys want to see this? Yeah. You're sick. I'm not doing that. No. 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 OK, fine. I'll do it. OK. I do need to get some volunteers to help me do this safely. I, I think there were some pre-selected people. You guys can come up. Come on. Everybody, give us some encouragement, everybody. Sarah, 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 Sarah. What's your name? Tamara, Tamara. her name is Tamara. Okay, Tamara, stand right there for me. Gentlemen, each of you come on over here for me. That's, grab an end, that's good. And uh, you have two jobs. The second will be to stand like this. The first will be to pass me the knives. Okay, okay. <laughs> gentlemen, wait, wait, wrong, wrong, wrong. Let go, let go, it's backwards. Okay, grab one. <laughs> That was stupid, like a Switch sides, you come over here, you come over here, turn the board. That doesn't fix anything. Okay, thanks. What's your name, sir? Mike. Mike, and you are? Gary. Gary, guys, thanks for coming up. Just hold on gently, just like that, that's fine. Okay. <laughs> uh.
6: okay. <laughs> sliding, sliding.
2: <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs>
5: There's a 20 degree temperature difference right now between my hands. Okay, Tamara, pass me the knives. Right. Pass me the knives. Pass me the knives. Okay, good. Excellent, quick, run behind me, run behind me. Okay, good. Now, Mike, I picked you because clearly you've done this before, haven't you? <laughs> okay. okay, gentlemen, let go, but don't leave. Let go, but don't leave. That's good. Gentlemen, you need to cross your arms in front of you. Uh, lower, lower, lower. Sometimes the board shoots out sideways. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> okay, Mike, I need you to back up about a foot. Good. And Greg? Gary. Gary, I don't care. I'm busy. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, Gary. Just kidding. Gary, that was good. I need you to back up. That's perfect, like there. Etsy um, and, and Tamara, are you still back there? I- are your arms still up in the air? Exactly right. Put them. Right here. Okay, good. Tomorrow, when this bowling ball comes shooting out backwards, you catch me.
2: <laughs>
5: oh my goodness, Carrie and Mike! I just realized between the two of you, you have a normal amount of hair. <laughs> okay, that's good. Back up slowly. Okay. I'm ignoring you. <laughs> A big round of applause. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Wait, Wait, guys, don't go. Don't go. The, the governor has prizes for everybody who comes up on stage and, and helps us today. Here we go. This is for you. For you. Oh my God. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank
1: you. All right, Michael, you got to tell me, you actually worked in a Japanese steakhouse. That's where you <laughs> learned so. Absolutely. That was incredible. Thank you. I mean, the balancing alone was pretty cool, and then juggling the knives, but putting the two together. Yeah. And actually, my focus is just not even on the trick. It's just
5: making people laugh, making people smile.
1: How many times have you cut yourself doing that?
5: You. Um, I've cut myself a couple times. Most of the time, just putting the knives in and out of the duffel bag. That's where, <laughs> that's where it happens. Or occasionally, actually,
1: I get splinters from the board. And that's where I'm bleeding, and I don't want anybody to see it. And stuff. Wow. <laughs> what possesses a person to say, you know what? I'm going to get up on a board, and I'm going to do this incredible because balancing
5: you Why? never have to get up at
1: 8am 5 days a week yeah. and drive in traffic <laughs> with this job no you don't i guarantee so you have children yeah i have two kids have you taught them how to juggle they, i have and actually my son first started juggling fire when he was 7
5: 7 7 years old he's juggling fire and um you can see the video clips they're on youtube now um The keywords are priority cases, Department of Social
1: Services. (laughs) Would you make me a promise and please come back? Oh, I'd love to. Bring some fire, because both uh, Trey and Keith would really like to learn how to juggle torches.
5: I I would love to. And as soon as I get (laughs) that equipment back from the evidence area,
1: (laughs) then I'm all all in. We got to have you back. Michael, I loved it. It was wonderful. Michael Rossman. Gotta learn more about the family-friendly comedy and the fantastic juggling of Michael Rossman. You can see videos of him in action, or you can book him for your event, which I hope you will do. Visit him online at michaelrossman.com. And Michael is going to do another great acrobatic performance, but you gotta go to huckabee.tv in order to see it. Click on After the Show and be amazed. But right now... Keith Bilbrey is going to tell us what he is juggle up for the rest of the program and the rest of the show. Go ahead, Keith. Trade juggling fire. That puts fear in my heart.
0: Be sure to visit Huckabee.tv after the show where Olympic runner Ryan Hall will teach you how to run the race you're in. Coming up next, the dramatic story of rock singer Tommy James and Lenya Heitzig, a woman who replaces terrorism with love. More Huckabee is on.
1: welcome back to the show. My next guest has sold over 100 million records. That is a lot of records, folks. You know, well, you know all of them. Rock classics like Crimson and Clover. And I think we're alone now. Got a brand new album. It's called Alive. And this book is absolutely phenomenal. Read the entire thing and you will want to do it. It's called "Me." The Mob, and The Music. It's hailed as one of the best rock memoirs ever. I can attest to the fact, having read a bunch of them, this is a spellbinding story. Would you please welcome a true music legend, Tommy James? Welcome. Delighted you're here. Thank you. Tommy, yours is a riveting story. Uh, In the music business, you ended up with Roulette Records. Yes. And... Turned out that it was kind of run by a guy connected to the mob. Yes. Well,
7: you know, actually, what happened is uh, my first record, Hanky Panky, uh, sort of exploded out of Pittsburgh unexpectedly in 1966. And uh, I went to Pittsburgh, I couldn't put the original group back together, and uh, uh, found a, a local band who became the Shandells. Um, went to, uh, New York. <laughs> you got a lot of fans here. <laughs> went to New York a week later and, uh, got a yes from all of the record companies. Really amazing. Columbia, RCA, Atlantic. And, um, the last place we took the record to was Roulette, which is a pretty good little yep. label. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, so, uh, I but we just got a yes from everybody and we thought we had it made. And the next morning I started getting calls from all the record companies that said yes. And they all said, listen, Tom, we got to pass. <laughs> and I'm like, why? Finally, Jerry Wexler at Atlantic um, yeah. leveled with us and told us that Morris Levy, the head of Roulette Records um, called all the other companies and said, this is my record. <laughs> if you get my drift. Yeah. <laughs> and, Who wanted uh, a horse hat in their bed in and the we, morning? First, <laughs> first offer I couldn't refuse. Yeah. <laughs> um, Roulette Records made Hanky Panky number one in the free world and started us down a road of uh, 23 gold singles. It's
1: a fascinating story in that you didn't get all the money that was Do you? Oh, that's an understatement. (laughs) I mean, we're talking millions and millions of dollars that you were basically cheated out of. Well, basically, uh,
7: the book, Me, the Mob, and the Music, is essentially an autobiography with about two-thirds of it devoted to uh, this very scary and tumultuous and crazy relationship with uh, Morris Levy and Roulette Records. And the reason it was scary was because... Uh, Unbeknownst to us when we signed with Roulette, uh, Roulette was a front for the Genovese crime family in New York. (laughs) Uh, The crazy part was that if we had gone with one of the corporate labels, one of the big labels, we probably would have been lucky to have been a one-hit wonder because Mm. we had... uh, They just rolled out the red carpet for us. Creatively, we could do no wrong at Roulette. And uh, so I, I...
1: One day, I have to ask the good Lord what exactly he had in mind. Well, you know, it's... I found the book to be one of those mesmerizing books you couldn't put down, and I understand it's going to be made into a film. Yes, it's going to be a movie. (laughs) And we
7: we are very lucky to have Barbara Dufina, who is producing uh, our movie, who, by the way, did uh, uh, Goodfellas and uh, (laughs) Casino and...
1: Uh, had a few hits you a couple yeah. of
7: years ago with Martin Scorsese. <laughs> and she's just incredible and uh, Kathleen Marshall is directing wow and Matthew stone
1: uh, did the screenplay you know it's it's amazing to me too you're still making music and having a lot of fun at it just released a new album called Alive yes. uh, which obviously you're very alive and making music still w- tell me about this project and uh, what kind of music have you sure. compiled on Alive? Well, basically, Alive is uh, the culmination of about two
7: years' work, and uh, honestly, uh, it was a labor of love, and uh, had a lot of neat people on here. We did a version, we did a remake of Dragon the Line." Uh, it's kind of, it's got a rap in it, and it also has Stevie Van Zandt playing guitar, which nice. is, I guess you know Stevie. <laughs> Van oh, Zandt. of course. And, if they uh, don't, shame on them. And uh, also Gene Cornish from the Rascals is, uh, is on here. And just a lot of my friends, but it's a, it's a lot of different kinds of music that I've wanted to do for, oh, a decade or better. It's our first studio album in 10 years.
1: Well, Tommy, I, I, you're, you're gonna perform for us in a little while. Uh, by the way, <laughs> one of my favorite radio listening moments is uh, Tommy James Every Sunday on 60s On 6 Sirius XM Radio. Uh, That's one of those channels I listen to because it's the music that I grew up with. Now for Tommy's music tour schedule, you can also get autographed copies of Me, The Mob and Music. And this, I'm I'm serious, it's a phenomenal book. And if you live through the 60s and 70s and remember it, um, (laughs) which is in and of itself a great feat, You'll want this book because you're going to relive so much of that era and a a phenomenal story. Also, we've talked about the uh, CD, Alive. All of that, TommyJames.com. His story is being turned into the movie. I want you to keep your eye out for the release date. We're going to have Tommy back when the movie comes out uh, because we want to talk about that when it's uh, around. It's going to be phenomenal. Now, Tommy's going to be back with us in just a few moments to sing one of his classic hits, so don't you dare go away. Right now, Keith Bilbrey is gonna tell us what we have coming up next.
0: Well, coming up, children caught in terrorism find an angel in Linnya Heidsing. And singer Tommy James returns to perform a solid gold hit on Huckabee.
1: Everyone. So every year, millions of children become collateral in what seems to be a never ending fight to rid the world of terror. My Huck's hero tonight dedicates her life to helping children caught in the crossfire. Her mission isn't to reload another gun, but is to reload love.
3: we're in one of the tunnels that ISIS built in uh, the Anwar province. We're outside of Karakosh. We were uh, escorted by some of the military here into the caves.
0: Millions of refugees, families torn apart, children without hope. Something must be done.
3: We're in Sinjar Town. This is where ISIS came in across from Syria the fastest, the quickest. And a genocide happened here. Over my shoulder here is a church. And uh, so you can see that it was a special target. They would come in and destroy them.
0: Reload Love is making a difference in the largest humanitarian crisis of our time by helping children recover from trauma and find safety and normalcy.
1: Please welcome the founder of Reload Love, Linya Heitzing. Linya, thank you for coming and uh, we're honored to honor you as our Huck's hero tonight. I don't think most of us really even begin to realize how many children around the world are in the direct crosshairs of uh, really the kind of hate and terror that we've just seen on the screen.
3: I think that we forget some people are just born at the wrong place at the wrong time. Mm -hmm. And uh, they happen to be the collateral damage. And you know, this is a poignant day. I think it's providential that Suleiman was uh, taken down yesterday. And so you know, I'm grateful, I'm grateful for that. But I was telling you before the show, I have a friend who's ex-CIA, and I was getting texts last night and saying, look out, now there's going to be soft targets. It moves the ball. And for us, we're like, oh, soft target, maybe the U.S. Hmm. But people in the Middle East or in Burma or other places, they're under the crosshairs of terrorism every day. And so just Syria itself, um, three million people were made IDPs or refugees and 2 million of those were children. That's a lost generation of doctors and nurses and firemen and policemen. UN at that time said that's like an a, a, a incredible crisis. You know, who's gonna come up in that country, you know, and fill those places? Lydia,
1: how did you get the vision for Reload Love and, and did, you created a foundation to help make all this happen? What was it that stirred in your heart that said, I can do something, I, I, I'm going to do this.
3: Um, I was watching Bashar Assad dropping sarin gas on the kids mm. way back when it was the red line yeah. and we weren't going to use sarin gas and then ISIS, you know, was fomenting and coming across and the Yazidis, the genocide of those people on Mount Sinjar, I was watching and I went, Lord, if those were my kids, if those were my grandkids, I wish someone would help them. Mm. You know, it's like, who am I, Lord? And then he says, I'll send you. I was in the shower. And I just had this idea. What if you took spent bullet casings, turned them into brass charms, and you could help children impacted by terror? It was one arc of a thought. And uh, before you know it, we're making beauty out of bullets and transforming battlegrounds into playgrounds.
1: You have something coming up next month. It's called the Love Bomb. It happens over two days, February the 8th and 9th. What is a love bomb?
3: (laughs) It's a virtual fundraiser, so you can engage in it. You don't have to be in Albuquerque, New Mexico, where we make this beautiful jewelry. But you can just go to Relovelove.com on about Valentine's weekend, February 8th and 9th. And for 48 hours, we try and reach and. Crazy goal. So the first year, we made this really big goal of $49,000, and we raised $169,000. That's which impressive. If you're, if you're a little pastor's wow. wife in New Mexico, that's a lot. That's a big. And so um, during that weekend, 100% of these funds go straight to the mission field. None of it's kept behind. None of it has stayed in-house. So we try and target different regions at different times. Last year was Karakush. And um, my heart breaks for that. You know, pre-Saddam Hussein, there were two million Christians in Iraq. Hmm. Today, there are less than 200,000. Wow. I never thought I would live, you would live, when a genocide of Christians were happening, and we in the West did nothing.
1: And, Lynia, when you raise the money, how does it then reach the children, and what does it do for them?
3: (laughs) Well, I like to say I'm really more Malibu Barbie than G.I. Jane. When I said yes to God in the shower, I didn't know I'd end up in an ISIS tunnel. Believe me, I didn't think that was gonna happen. But often we'll send advanced teams so that we can meet our on the ground partners and we do have partners and please pray for them. You know, the soft targets, who knows what's gonna hit. We work with people in Iraq and Syria and Iraq. um, What I read in my thing from the CIA is that um, even uh, Kurdistan and Erbil could be targeted. That's kind of a safer place when you're in Iraq. So um, we go, we meet partners, and then we pray, and we say, Lord, where should we put these playgrounds? And it's like David when he feigned insanity. We are these people that come in with playgrounds, and, you know, jihadists and others are like, who are the crazy blonde Americans who are bringing Mm. in playgrounds for these kids? But we are very prayerful about it. And then these playgrounds become not just for children, but mothers in these Mm. cultures. They don't get out of the house. You know, they can come to a playground, and at night, the dads come. It becomes kind of a community center. The uh, local uh, sheikhs or leaders have to agree. Let's put it here. And then they say, let's protect this place. You know, once your kids are there, the mom's like, do not let bombs go off here. And so it really starts changing an entire culture. It's really asymmetrical warfare, if you think about it. It's doing something so counterintuitive, which is God, right? Yeah, absolutely. The the weak things are informing the, you know, the powerful and the poor to the rich. And so God has just used this in a really counterintuitive way that not just children are being changed, but entire regions and areas.
1: And you can see it on the faces of those children In the midst of war-torn countries, there they are playing on a playground and smiling. There aren't
3: playgrounds in these places. It's a beautiful,
1: beautiful thing to see. For more information on Reload Love, you can visit ReloadLove.com. By the way, mark your calendar to be part of the Love Bomb, February 8th and 9th. That way you can help Reload Love share the hope with children in Thailand and Myanmar now keith bilberry he's going to stand by he is himself a love bomb and he's going to love us and make us love what's coming up next on the show go with it keith well that's a first next tommy james returns to sing his smash
0: hit crystal blue persuasion huckabee's back in 60 seconds
1: And welcome back. Now, I want you to be sure to catch Tommy James' performance of his great hit, Dragon the Line. It's after the show on Huckabee.tv. But right now, we want to welcome back this rock legend to perform an unplugged version of the classic song, Crystal Blue Persuasion. Tommy James. Yeah.
6: Look over yonder. What do you see? The sun is arising, most definitely, and a new day is coming. People are changing. Ain't it beautiful, yeah, yeah, crystal blue persuasion. And you better get ready, gonna see the light. That's all right Don't you give up now You're so easy to find Just look to your soul Crystal blue persuasion. Mm -hmm. It's a new vibration. Crystal blue. children in every nation there'll be peace and good brotherhood crystal blue persuasion